Hello, and welcome to the Talent Empowerment Podcast, where we lift up people leaders so they can lift up their organizations. I'm your host, Tom Finn, co-founder and CEO of LegUp. Together, we'll learn how to drive people innovation, how to transform HR into people ops, and how to secure buy-in to disrupt the status quo. And as I like to say, it's finally time to stop smoking on airplanes and update your people strategy. Let's transform your organization and move from a culture of talent management to talent empowerment. This week's episode of the Talent Empowerment Podcast is brought to you by LegUp's Talent Insurance, an inclusive people development platform designed to help HR leaders empower their people through one-on-one professional coaching. With results like a 66% improvement in avoiding burnout, a 54% jump in leadership skills, and a 73% increase in job satisfaction, LegUp guarantees improved employee well-being, productivity, and retention. In fact, they ensure it. Your people stay or they pay. Visit LegUp, that's L-E-G-G-U-P dot com to learn more. And without further ado, this is Talent Empowerment. Welcome to the Talent Empowerment Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, where we lift up people leaders so you can lift up your organizations. I am your host, Tom Finn, and today we have someone who I know to be a fabulous connector of people, which is how he landed in HR. His name is Craig Thomas. Craig, welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. Um, thank you very much for having me, and I'm, I'm super delighted today to be a part of your, your podcast, and I'm looking forward to sharing my story and hopefully we can learn from each other. So thank you. Well, I am uh, very excited to chat with you today. Uh, for those of you that haven't had a chance to meet Craig yet, let me give you a little bit of background uh, on him. Craig grew up in Jamaica and is now a HR specialist in Nova Scotia, Canada. Uh, so from Jamaica to Canada, and he's an amazing connector of people with a very diverse educational background and professional career, which we're going to get right into. Uh, his true industry expertise lies in change management, training and development, DEI, and employee retention strategies. And prior to working in HR, Craig spent 19 years in banking and finance, specializing in risk management, credit adjudication, and operations. He's a certified trainer and educator, teaching at the university level for 15 years. And to round out his impressive one-of-a-kind experience, he also served as a program manager for a key international donor agency, USAID, where he provided guidance to the regional, national, and community-based organizations in Jamaica and the Bahamas on matters related to grant funding policy, operations, and capacity-building initiatives, Craig, I don't even know where to start with all of this. Uh, deep, rich background. How about, let's just start with Jamaica. What was it like growing up in Jamaica? Well, um, so where do I start? The, the, the beauty of my, my, my upbringing, my, where my journey started, is that we had the opportunity to, to uh, aspire to greatness. Um, we have a rich culture of achievement. Uh, we have international um, reggae ambassadors. We have um, track athletes that are on top of their game. And in the academic sphere as well, we, we always have role models who we look forward to or look to look to, to um, develop our, our own potential and, and um, achieve greatness. So uh, my journey started with a goal, an ideal ambition. Who do I want to become? Who do I want to self-actualize? And we have always been looking to the star. And personally, um, I have never um, 
deviated somewhat. However, there have been some potholes along the way, but fortunately, I'm still here and still trying to achieve. So that is my journey. Oh, that's that's wonderful. I, fun fact about Jamaica for those that don't know: uh, Jamaica, if I get if I'm getting this right, is the only country without red, white, or blue in their flag. Um, and if you don't know, the flag contains black, yellow, and green. Now, a little bit of research would tell you that the black stands for the difficulties faced by the nation. The yellow is for the wealth and beauty uh, of Jamaica's sunlight and the inner sunlight in the people. And then the green represents the beautiful agriculture of the island. Um, and Jamaica is an island country, right? Sounds about right. That's yeah. definitely it. And um, there is so much more, but um, we are not talking about um, Jamaica today. We are HR. So personally, for me, it was fun and it was adventurous growing in the island of Jamaica. Well, you're going to take all of those lessons and skills um, that you developed in, in your early career and early childhood into the way that you manage and into the way that you approach different situations. So tell me about how this all got started for you. You were in banking and, and then you moved into HR. So from a career perspective, where, where did this all start in banking? Well, um, my original goal was to be a doctor, believe it or not. But along the way, I found that doing courses in HR and psychology really appealed to me. And my plan at the end of my, my degree, my university level education was to go into training and development in the HR sphere. So once I got the opportunity to work at RBC uh, many years ago, that was the plan. Now, we didn't have mentors per se who would have um, guided us or put a framework as to how do you move from A to B, but we, I did it with faith. I hoped that my talents would allow me to transcend in the organization. And in the back of my head, that's where I thought it had been going. Yeah, wonderful. So as you, you start this financial journey and you're, and you're working for a wonderful organization, was there a moment in time that you thought, okay, I, I want to climb the HR ladder or I want to do things differently in HR? When did that come to you? All right, so I got distracted. Um, we had a wonderful management training program at RBC. And the goal or the, the plan, the framework was to develop the competencies within, within me, uh, go through a series of training and development initiatives, work in various um, sectors, whether it be risk management, operations. And the goal was to become a branch manager. That was like the ultimate. Uh, so I you know, engaged in academic studies, in my MBA in finance, because really and truly, if you're in banking, you should have some knowledge of um, accounting or some financial jargon. In the back of my head, however, I still wanted to train. I still wanted to develop people. Um, I had opportunities as a supervisor where I coached and mentored. And in the, the other realm of my life, I did the, the finance degree just to you know, successfully achieve the, the goal set out for me in the management training program. Um, my plan was, if I can train and develop as a leader, then whether I'm in training in the organization or I'm a manager in the organization, it's still the same thing. So that was my goal. Well, and you sit in a really interesting seat uh, as, a, as an HR specialist, right? You're, 
you're sort of that liaison, if you will, between the employee voice and the leadership voice of the organization. What, what does that feel like? Um, I find it's a, it's a privilege, it's an opportunity to uh, um, provide that voice or provide that ear to, to understand what my, my team is saying and what are the expectations of management and trying to be that middle individual to, to ensure that the, the wheels get moving. So I am like the, the catalyst that inspires and motivates or um, delivers the message so that we can achieve that one goal for the organization. I like that. The catalyst that inspires and delivers the message. Very, very well said. Um, are there particular times in your career that you feel like um, you, you face some challenges along the way? Or was this always just a beautiful golden road paved for Craig in, in HR? Well, that is it. So um, with the, the, the stigma of having a financial background, there is um, a little... Um, challenge in accepting are you HR or are you um, finance? Who are you? What's your identity? So there are different um, efforts that I, I would have to use to convince individuals that I'm, it's not about the role, it's not about the accreditation that you have. It's really about your ability to lead and to implement and to mentor and to guide and to, to mold the individuals or the employees that is to achieve the objective. So it wasn't really, it shouldn't be about me convincing you who I am is giving me the opportunity to grow. So yes, there were challenges, um, but I've been successful thus far to, you know, overcome them as best as possible. And, and as you've been teaching people along the way, you've been mentoring them and sort of grooming people and working with employees. Is there, is there one piece of advice uh, you would you would give to folks out there that are thinking, gosh, how do I how do I get into this type of role, or how do I lead from the front? All right, well, well, that's it. So I do have a few um, tips that I've used personally to to kind of make myself um, stay the course per se, because the role of an HR um, expert or specialist it has changed over the years. Um, HR was not looked at as um, someone who you could trust, someone who you could rely on for information. It, it evolved to being the, the person who gives bad news, you know, send, sends you home or gives you that, that pink slip to now being that, that guide, that coach, that mentor. So my tip for any young professional who is looking to get into HR is recognize that you have multiple skill sets that you can leverage to achieve the same objective. Uh, you must stay, you must enjoy the, the journey, um, stay in the moment, because this opportunity comes just once. Y you don't have a right to be an HR person, but it's a privilege that you must um, engage each other, you must engage your employees. Um, every skill and experience that you've earned along the journey is valuable, so you should never discount it. But most importantly for me, find the time to reevaluate um, even when living in the moment, sometimes we have to go sideways to achieve that goal. So never be daunted. Just keep going. Um, you will get there. Yeah, I love the way you said that. HR is not a right. It's a privilege. And the HR role has shifted. For years, it was compliance-based, legal, uh, learning management systems, uh, setting up 
trainings, um, again, probably under that umbrella of compliance. And today, you are a mover of minds uh, in HR and a supporter of empowerment uh, of a workforce. And that has tremendous depth and responsibility uh, in the role today. And I would, I would argue that those that are still looking at this role like we were in the 1990s um, are, are, are probably looking at it the wrong way. Um, because as you said, this is now about mentoring, supporting leaders in the company, supporting divisional leaders, supporting CEOs, um, and, and making sure that culturally the organization is on track. Um, wh where do you stand on, on culture being, uh, you know, important and valuable in the role of HR? Well, it's, it's almost um, inevitably that in every aspect of your life or your activities as an HR leader, that you should seek to, to really get to know each person, each individual. Now, the company has values, but the individual themselves also comes with, with it, their own values, their own uniqueness. And so um, a great element in every toolkit of every leader is that we should have the ability to, to, to incorporate every perspective um, of, of our employees that we work with, because every, every perspective should be accounted for. So culture does have a role. Um, it's not instilling my values on you, but try to incorporate the two. If there are similarities, then we work with them, but understanding that there is uniqueness that we should incorporate in everything that we do. Yeah, and that's part of creating an inclusive culture, is looking at all of the different variabilities that people bring to the table and understanding how to incorporate all of those things into an organizational uh, culture initiative that really drives uh, inclusivity, which you know, without pounding the table here, is, uh, is, is paramount for a company's success in a modern workforce. Do you, do you feel like inclusivity has been uh, a topic that you've been um, focused on the last few years? Well, um, what we've seen with, with the onset of the, the, the movement that we had over the last year, year and a half, We've seen a more um, strategic emphasis on not just being um, having equality, but trying to ensure that there is equity in, in all that we do, because there is significant differences between equality and equity. And so the, the diversity and equity and inclusion conversation has increased. Uh, we have seen a shift or an emergence of uh, uh, evaluation of our uh, job descriptions or company policies, trying to ensure that we, we don't just tick the box, but we are incorporating the views of all and adjusting our policies and our perspective as the, the, the times have changed. So yes, there has been a shift. There has been more focus because, um, as I said, we, we all do come from a, a diverse melting pot of individuals and there are different unique perspectives that we need to, I shouldn't say just tick the box because it's, it's, it's fashionable, but we need to do it because it's not just the right thing to do, it's the great thing to do to incorporate everyone's ideas as much as we can. That's right. And it's also, if you want another argument to pile on here, it's also good for business. Uh, you know, revenues uh, go up uh, top line and bottom line um, are improved when you have an inclusive culture. You also improve the tenure of your employees. 
Um, so there's lots of good business reasons if uh, you need that on top of the fact that it's just, quite frankly, the right thing to do and uh, the right human behavior to, uh, to incorporate into an organization. So, you were, so you're in Jamaica, um, you're working hard, and all of a sudden, you're, you're in Canada. How may, tell me how you, you go from this wonderful island country to, which is warm uh, and tropical, to Nova Scotia, which uh, I think most of us would think, uh, and you correct me if I'm wrong, a, a little colder than Jamaica? A, a little bit colder, yes. Um, but my perspective is, as, as I've always been, to try to achieve greatness and to try to contribute in whichever culture that I'm a part of. Now, Jamaica is as diverse as can be, um, our motto, out of many, one people. And in my journey or my decision to come to Canada, my plan was to find the opportunities that exist to allow me to develop and to grow as an individual. And ultimately, that's why I came. Mind you, the weather was a factor that was a little daunting. Nonetheless, um, I have you know, focus, focused on just achieving the objective and, and, not, and being tunnel vision in, in trying to achieve greatness for myself, my family, and the people back home to you know, keep them motivated. Yeah, that's great. And do you, do you enjoy living in Canada now? Yes, definitely. As, as a matter of fact, I wanted to um, add something to, to this. I, I am totally remote in terms of my work um, role. Uh, I've been fortunate that my, my employer um, allows, or uh, I shouldn't say allow, but they, they emphasize the flexibility in, 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 in the work from home relationship. So we do my it's 19 hours drive from my home to Halifax but there are opportunities where we commute not commute but we take the plane to to visit the offices um, have team building activities or we have an office in Quebec City so whenever there is an opportunity to meet the group it is um, taken on yeah well whenever uh, we have a chance to meet face to face it's always nice to do that right uh, video serves as a uh a wonderful intermediary that we've all gotten used to in the last couple of years. But I think there's still something about uh, meeting a person face-to-face -face and, and uh, being in the same room in the same space uh, with that other leader uh, or employee as well. So, so I want to switch gears a little bit and, and talk um, about your leadership in education. And in your introduction, we talked a little bit about how you've been teaching at the university level for over 15 years. Tell me a little bit about some of the work that you've done uh, as, a, as a teacher or professor. Okay, so um, I've always had this philosophy that's what was instilled in me by my mom, um, servant leadership or trying to give back as much as possible. And when I evaluated my journey, um, I've incorporated sufficient information in my brain to to want to guide, uh, continue to guide and continue to train and develop and mentor. So teaching for me was an extension of that role. Um, I found I had a knack for um, analyzing numbers, looking at gaps, um, speaking about uh, management practices. And, and then there was a unique opportunity for me to um, interact and interface with, with, with students. And how I was able to, to do well was translate what is in the text to real life scenarios and incorporate the views of my, my, my classmates as well to kind of get them engaged, to keep them empowered and um, strive for greatness just as how I am doing so myself. 
And was there a particular topic uh, that you have taught that that really grabbed you and and uh, sort of climbs to the top of the list of things that you've done in teaching? Well, yes, financial literacy generally is not necessarily something that persons want to embrace, thinking that it's only those people, those persons who who are good with math. But how I found it um, is that math or finance is something that is in our life, daily life, whether you want to believe it or not. And so teaching management accounting specifically was that unique um, topic our course that I found had a little balance of theory with practicality, how to balance your budget, how to take care of your families, how to plan for the future, pension fund management. Every different aspect of the course itself was incorporated into real life scenarios. And so I found that was part of my lived experience. I had to budget, I had to plan, I had to be aware of international bench um, best practices in terms of how companies run, how we train people, how we develop talent. These are all aspects of the curriculum itself that was just part of my lived experience. What I did at work was what I taught. So there were synergies. Well, Craig, I got to tell you, I went to grad school at USC, uh, Marshall School of Business, and I could have used you sitting next to me in management accounting uh, because that was probably my my toughest course. I mean, you know, accounting and numbers, it's not for everybody. Um, it's its a tough subject to get your head around. And sometimes, uh, certainly in gap accounting, uh, you don't you don't always uh, see the numbers for what they are. There, there are different ways to view numbers, even within a, a profile of gap accounting. And so uh, kudos to you for, uh, you know, being up there and and teaching all of us uh, folks that are not finance people how to how to get it done. Yeah, and what I also found as an HR practitioner, working in payroll, there are similarities in the concept. So you you, you don't have to have a, a, a payroll certification or, or, or a finance certification to be able to do payroll itself uh, or be an HR practitioner. But what you must do is incorporate the different nuances of the, the curriculum to, to allow you to, in, to get into the roles in HR per se. Yeah, agreed. You've got to be a, a little bit of a generalist in HR in every discipline, not just the HR disciplines, right? And payroll is the lifeblood of an organization. If you can't pay your people, you're not going to have people very very long. You're definitely going to struggle with uh, with retention. So I think uh, payroll is important to think about. And it's just important. I love, I love your message here. It's just important to really, really be well-versed in lots of different topics and you don't have to be an expert in finance is what you're saying, right? But you, but you do need to understand the core principles of finance or accounting so that you can do your job more effectively. Exactly. So as you, as you think about um, that role and you think about HR, what, what is the one or two um, subjects that, that really stand out to you that you, you think people in this role really need to have a grasp on? Finance may be one of them. Yeah, finance is one, and as an HR leader, uh, our people leader, I think, uh, we must have that ability to, to listen and not necessarily be the resource for instruction. We, we, we should um, try to learn what is happening in the industry. Don't be in a box. Um, 
be well read or widely read, I should say, not just in one particular resource. Um, I've been fortunate to have been a part of various HRIS implementations. So being aware of the products and services that will allow you to do your job more effectively and efficiently um, has helped me as well, um, looking at various platforms. And because I'm very big on people, looking at talent development initiatives, um, what can empower or what platform itself can help us to empower our or employees to be better or greater at what they do. Um, one of the, the, the programs, and I, and I like your hat, one of the programs that I found very useful was the Lego program, where it provided that unique personal professional coach um, for our individuals or leaders or teams, and where we had, it was a good toolkit for us, where we had our employees being competent in their own abilities, that personalized coaching um, platform allows us to sharpen those those skills and keep them engaged. So um, those are the skill sets that I believe we should incorporate in everything we do HR, not just limiting ourselves to uh, payroll, benefits, um, training and development, recruiting, but broaden the horizon as best as possible. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and that company is called Leg Up. Uh, that uh, you're referring to, and I am, for those of you listening, uh, I am wearing a hat with the logo uh, on uh, on top today. So that's what Craig was referring to as well. Um, well, I, I couldn't have said it better better myself. I think HR roles, people leader roles, which is the way I love to say it, um, are really about people. And you know, what we say around here is we've got to get back to people and culture together because that really matters. And you know, at the end of the day. When we are uh, sunsetting our careers, um, you don't really remember how much money you made or uh, you know that one project. Um, you remember the people. You remember the experiences that you had with other humans, and and I think that's just so critically important. And uh, that's why we developed the Leg Up platform was to support people. And uh, you know that's what we're doing for uh, you know for for hundreds of customers uh, around the world. Um, so thank you for mentioning it, um, Craig. Now, as you as you think about your your own career, you've done some things really well. Um, one of the things that we sort of touched on uh, at the beginning of this was your ability to connect with people. So, talk to me about your strategic ap- approach to networking and 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 where that came from and how you do it well. Okay. Well, um, I believe my abilities to to connect it came from the the interest in people in in, in getting to know the story um, so in the with the onset of um, the pandemic we had no choice but to go on social media whether it be LinkedIn Instagram as best as possible TikTok I'm not very big on but what what my strategy had been over the years prior to the pandemic was, just speaking with, with staff, speaking with the um, the employees that I've interacted with. And through that connection, uh, I learn about who they are, who their families are, uh, where their journey is. I maintain that connection. There is never, ever a, a breakup per se. There is always that ability to check in, to find out, hey, how are you doing? How is your children? How is your family? Is your mom okay? Um, and what I found, maybe it was an innate ability, what I found is that individuals appreciated that personal touch 
that even if I'm no longer with the company, Craig still checks up on me. He still finds an opportunity to check up. And when there is any opportunity to celebrate the individuals who I've met along the way, I do so. And so I read a lot I, um, with podcasts, I listen. And sometimes when I find an interesting um, topic or an interesting presenter, I connect. And in, in this environment that we're in, a lot of persons are open to connecting. And so one hand washes the other in terms of you meet people, they share their stories, they introduce you to people, and it's like a domino effect. So you never discount a relationship that you've built from the ground. You constantly try to be there, be present for everyone. Now you can't have a mass of friends, but you can have quality friendships that will, will live with you for the rest of your life. And my um, upbringing has been where that's how I was taught. Be kind, be fair, and the rest will speak for itself. Yeah, beautifully said. Be kind, be fair, and the rest will speak for itself. And I love the way you talk about maintaining those relationships when you have left a company, perhaps, or you're on a different journey than, than another group of employees. But you maintain those relationships and you come back to them. The reality is... Um, once you build those relationships and you have those friendships, they can last decades. And, uh, and it's wonderful to have uh, folks that are in your corner and rooting for you, maybe even if it's silently. Uh, you don't have to talk all the time, right? Exactly. Your, your work speaks for yourself or who you are as an individual. It, it can't be disguised. You're, once you're authentic as to who you are, people will see you for who you are. And, and that's the way we all want to be in the world, right? Ultimately, we all want to live as our authentic selves and be um, seen for who we are and, and be valued uh, for who we are as well, which is what uh, makes this business in HR and people ops and um, making sure that organizations have the right culture so interesting because we all want to be seen and valued. There is no difference uh, between any of us when we start to think about it in terms of how we view our own humanity. And I think that's fabulous. So, Craig, you have uh, spent a lot of time on LinkedIn. You've spent a lot of time building relationships um, with people. Any other pro tips for uh, building relationships virtually? Uh, yes, definitely. The The opportunity to, to meet individuals uh, may not be fully there now, face-to-face, but what I've also leveraged is if there is something that I need to know and there is a talent leader or an expert in an HR discipline that may be more competent in sharing their knowledge, set up a, a, a coffee, a LinkedIn um, meetup. I mean, I found a lot of persons who operate on the LinkedIn platform to be very open to having um, coffee sessions or one minute virtual session, not one minute, but five minute conversations, be it through Teams or through the LinkedIn um, platform, or even just being a part of the seminars that you're on, the virtual seminars. Type your um, your LinkedIn profile in the, in, the, in the chat room. You'll be surprised how many persons would want to connect just to kind of share their knowledge as well as learn from you. I, I believe we're all connected. We are all in this together is a, slang, a slogan that we've used all, all the last two years. But it is true. 
we we do have a lot of similarities as much as we are uniquely different we do have a lot of similarities and we we want the same thing we want to do better as an individual we want to do better as an hr practitioner for our companies for our employees and for ourselves as well so uh, never discount the 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 um the importance of being a part of associations be it uh, Rotary, be it HR, um, SHRM uh, in in Canada. Here I'm I'm up I'm training to become a, a certified CRHA, which is the Certified Human Resource Practitioner. So be a part of the different um, association that you can, and and you know tag people, communicate, respond to messages. Um, don't just sit in isolation because there is a, a, an endless opportunities in the world for you if you only reach out. Yeah, be- beautifully said. Uh, so to recap that, uh, take your time uh, when you're in webinars and put your LinkedIn profile into the chat and uh, say, hey, I'd love to connect with you all. Here's my LinkedIn profile. That's an easy way to uh, to make new connections in the space. Um, reach out to people on LinkedIn that that you admire and respect and don't be afraid to do that. I think we're all in this space of I'm willing to help, right? And we're willing to help others and be others focused. Um, and, and that's a beautiful way to, to grow your career and, and meet leaders um, that you wouldn't meet, you know, in a, in a geography, so to speak. And uh, I think then just doing it with grace and being open to responsiveness and, and trying to, to be active is really the third message there. Um, once you open the door, don't just let it sit. You've, you've got to actually engage and have a relationship building conversation um, with someone. So those are those are great tips, uh, Craig. And I got to ask this one. If somebody wants to find you on LinkedIn, I think this is the next question, right? Where where would people find you? Is it LinkedIn? Is it another platform? Well, I am predominantly on LinkedIn, Craig D. Um, Thomas. And um, there I comment on various matters, including um, the future of work, um, anything related to DE&I, and also just giving a positive motivational message to individuals who, like me, who sometimes need a little lift, because we are all in this together, as I said before, but we can share new information that we become aware of, and there is an audience there. So never underestimate the power of uh, LinkedIn itself. Um because there is an opportunity. Let, let us be kind, be fair. Let us um, use our skill sets wherever we have attained them as, as practitioners to, to do the best job at, and, and live our purpose right now. Yeah, I love the way you said that. We're all in this together. Uh, and from a, a man who started in Jamaica, moved to Canada, has been in finance, has been in uh, HR roles, and then uh, certainly serves as a university professor. Um, it has been absolutely my pleasure to spend some time with you today, Craig, and uh, really have enjoyed it. And I'm sure everybody else will as well. Uh, any other final thoughts that you want to leave our, our HR and people development folks with? Well, I do have a, a personal mantra that I, I've now um, been using for some time, but we should try to uh, be alive while living. Um, go out and explore. Try to interact with someone today. Get to know who you work with. Try to incorporate all the learnings or the new knowledge that you've had to in- influence and impact and, and, and share and develop someone. It, it's so rewarding for me personally to, to get a message to say, hey, sir, um, 10 years ago, I was a part of your class and I was so 
scared of the whole knowledge of um, international banking and you helped me to, to get there. Uh, five years ago, I was a part of your organization where you were just a little um, HR rep and you, you weren't there, but I'm so inspired by your growth that um, you've, you've, you've encouraged me to live my true potential. So the thing is, you never know who you are influencing, but just keep doing what you are doing. Don't, don't hide your, 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 your sunshine. Just keep shining, keep growing. Um, be, just like be al- yeah, be alive while you're living yeah, exactly. um, and don't hide your sunshine. Uh, what a beautiful way to wrap this up, Craig. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, thank you for all you do. Uh, for others as as well. Thank you and happy listening. Take care. Well, thank you for joining the Talent Empowerment Podcast. I hope this conversation have, has list, lifted you up so you can lift up your teams and organizations. Let's get back to people and culture together. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Talent Empowerment. For more information on our show and today's guests, head to the show notes or visit talentempowerment.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening so you never miss an opportunity to empower yourself and your people. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps the show grow. And a final thank you to our sponsor, LegUp, and their people development program, Talent Insurance. To learn more about how they guarantee retention, employee well-being, and employee performance through one-on-one professional coaching, visit legup.com. That's L-E-G-G-U-P.com.